Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Evening Thoughts. My name is Sam, and I am the host of this podcast. And on this podcast, we talk about faith, life, death, and the beyond from the perspective of a Christian chaplain. I have been a Navy chaplain for the last five years, and before that, I was a hospital chaplain, and it is my joy and hobby to be able to minister to you through this podcast. Before we begin, if you like what you hear, you can find me on Instagram at eveningthoughts2021, and you can also email me at eveningthoughts at hotmail.com with questions or comments. I love to hear from you, so please don't hesitate to contact me. With that said, let's delve into the topic for this evening. Have you ever received bad news that felt as if someone had kicked you in the guts? Have you ever received a phone call telling you to get to the hospital as quickly as possible because your loved one was involved in an accident? Have you ever had a knock on the door, possibly from law enforcement, that your loved one was injured and had died? In our bravest of moments, we dare to think upon such scenarios and wonder what we will do if those things ever happen to us. And the truth is that these scenarios have happened to real people. It has happened to real mothers, real fathers, and siblings, and friends. You may even have known someone that have recently gone through something like this. Some deaths happen over time and through the years, but other deaths happen quickly and without any opportunities to prepare. Just a couple weeks ago, I got a call from one of my Marines and he informed me that his father had died suddenly in his hotel room by himself. He just had dinner with his father the previous day, and he gets a call in the morning letting him know that his father had died. Needless to say, he was devastated at the news because there was nothing to indicate to him that his father's last meal would be with his son the day prior. What are we to make of that but acknowledge that sometimes Death comes suddenly and without any warning. God forbid that this happened to you, but I'm always one for proactive preparation, and I hope that this episode helps you in some way if these things ever become a reality for you. This episode of Evening Thoughts is entitled, When Death Comes Suddenly, and I want to talk about navigating death of a loved one or a friend when it comes to us without any time to prepare. Before we begin, I want to pray for a friend named Stephen. Stephen recently reached out to me to pray for his dear wife, Leah, and their beautiful daughter, Clara. Stephen is currently at the police academy and still has several more weeks to go until graduation. So wherever you are right now, let's take a moment to pray together. Gracious God, thank you for Stephen and his desire to provide for his family mainly his wife Leah and their precious daughter Clara. As you know, Stephen is at the academy. He separated from his family for another several weeks. Would you give him and his wife Leah extraordinary endurance and patience as they look forward to his graduation? Lord, help Stephen to have strength from you and allow him to have mental fortitude for the tough days ahead. Help Clara to keep growing and be healthy and happy. God, help this young family to be blessed by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stephen, thank you for your service in the Marine Corps. 
and thank you for your service now as a police officer. I have always loved interceding for one of my listeners and friends and lifting them up to the Lord, so all the best for Stephen and his family. By the way, if you have any prayer requests, please send them my way because I would love to pray for you on one of my episodes. And the wonderful thing about that is those that listen to my episodes later on will get to pray for you onward as well. With that said, let's delve into our topic for this evening. I will never forget when I experienced the sudden death of my Marines and sailor. It was the summer of 2020, July 30th, in fact. I was the chaplain of an infantry unit called 1st Battalion, 4th Marines, or 1-4 for short. And it was on that fateful day when we experienced the most tragic amphibious assault training accident in Marine Corps history. You may have heard about it on the news. Our battalion was the landing team for 15th Marine Expeditionary Unit, and it was our responsibility to employ vehicles known as Amphibious Assault Vehicles, or AAVs for short, for ship-to-shore movements. These big, huge vehicles transport Marines and sailors to shore from Navy transport ships called an LPD. And the way they do it is to drive the AAVs off of a ramp onto open seas from the rear end of the Navy ship. These vehicles momentarily submerged into the ocean waters and then bob out and then are driven through the surface of the water to make their landing on shore. That morning of the accident, I remember seeing my Marines and sailors off as they got into their vehicles. This was an exercise like any other that we've done, and I always made it a goal to see them off properly. And so that morning, I met them down in the well deck to say our goodbyes. I just didn't know that it would be the last time I would say goodbye to nine of them. I remember taking pictures and recordings of them on my phone so that I could give it to them when they got back. I remember giving them hugs and high fives and expecting to see them back that evening. But that was the last time I saw eight of my Marines and one sailor. Now make no mistake, my loss of my Marines and sailor would never come close to that of their mothers, fathers, siblings, and significant others and friends. I have seen their pain and the ongoing grief of a mother and father who may never get answers or accountability for the sons that they have lost. They may never get the closure that they're looking for, and they live with the weight of that every single day. And I want to be the most respectful of these families who lost their sons that day because I know them personally, and they will grieve for the rest of their lives in a way that I would never understand. But the death of my men changed me and the rest of my battalion forever because their deaths happened so suddenly and without any warning. As Marines and sailors, we know that our job is inherently dangerous. Accidents can happen, and they do happen even during exercises, but we just didn't think that it would happen to us until it did. Isn't that interesting that sometimes when bad things happen, it's always someone else until it happens to us? Now, as Marines and sailors, we know that if there is ever combat and our lives are on the line, then we're prepared for it and we try our best to be ready for it and ready our families for it. In fact, I've had this conversation with my wife at least a dozen times. 
She hates it when I talk about it, but the reality is the lives of my Marines and sailors can be taken at any moment, and chaplains are there to shoulder to shoulder with our Marines and sailors and offer our lives if it is called upon. Throughout U.S. military history, chaplains have died alongside their troops, and it is our honor to do so, and that is one of the most important part of my role as a Navy chaplain, to support my Marines and sailors even to the moment of their death during combat. But what is most difficult about losing my men is that it was during training. It would be different if we lost them in combat because it would give their deaths a noble purpose, but instead we lost them during a training exercise, and that just doesn't seem right. We just didn't expect it. It just came so suddenly. How about you? Have you ever felt that way about a loved one's death? Have you ever felt that way about a friend's death? That it just happened so quickly? That no one expected it? That it wasn't supposed to happen that way? I lost eight Marines and one sailor due to a training accident, but perhaps for you, it might have been an automobile accident or a natural disaster, illness, or even suicide. Most of us may feel shock and confusion when we lose anyone that is so close to us, but when the death is sudden, it has a tendency to intensify those feelings because everything changes so quickly. Your life is forever changed in one moment. There is no time to anticipate the loss. There may be feelings of guilt because of the way they died, or perhaps you wish you could have been there when it happened. Perhaps it was a conversation that didn't get resolved, or maybe you regret something you may have said. Perhaps you saw them that morning, but never to see them again. You may not have had the opportunity to say goodbye. Perhaps the sudden logistics planning for a funeral and burial has you overwhelmed. So how can we deal with this? What is there to do? What can you do? One of the first things you should do is to talk to your local hospital chaplain. Ask them to help you walk through choosing a funeral home and where to start. Hospital chaplains have a list of funeral homes and they may be able to help you look for one that they've had good experiences with because, as you may know, hospital chaplains conduct countless funeral services and memorial services for grieving families, and they work closely with funeral homes. I realize that this service will vary depending on your country, but for those of you who live in the United States, hospital chaplains are readily available to help you. One of the things that I used to do when I was a hospital chaplain was to give resources to families with financial hardship. Did you know that most states have programs that will help provide money to families that can't afford a casket or a burial? The city that you live in will ask for a bank statement and some other documents to prove that you are indeed in financial help. And after being approved, they will grant you money to help you pay for a casket or cremation. And so look to your local hospital chaplain to learn more. A quick word of caution here, be aware of funeral homes because some, not all, take advantage of grieving families. In the midst of your shock, in the midst of your confusion, you may make a decision based on emotion and emotion only. And you must remember that funeral homes are a business and as such, they may try to sell you a more expensive casket or get you to spend more money than you are able to. 
I know it sounds terrible to think of money and how money is considered when it comes to the burial of your loved one, but it does happen and some funeral homes scam hurting families out of money. This is why it is important to have conversations about your wishes with your family beforehand. And guess what? There is no better time than the present. Yes, the conversation may be uncomfortable, but letting your families know your wishes now will save some heartache later on. Another important step in navigating sudden death is not to make the death about you. One of the things that I always ask families and friends who are grieving the sudden loss of a loved one is, how would they like to be remembered? How would they like to be laid to rest? Would they want to be buried or cremated? These are important questions because sometimes we, as the ones left behind, make their deaths about us. I've seen it happen countless times. We may, with good intentions, want to give the loved one the best casket and the most expensive tombstone and gravesite. But is that what they would have wanted? Is that what they would want you to do for them? Would they have preferred to be cremated or be buried? As you continue to navigate the sudden death of a loved one, be mindful, is that what they would want from you? The important thing here is to remind yourself that it's not your wishes, it's not your desires that should be priority. It's the desires and the wishes of the loved one that has suddenly passed away. Coming from that perspective may help reduce and minimize arguments within the family as you guys make tough decisions. As you continue to navigate the sudden death of a loved one, also be mindful that everyone grieves differently and will take unexpected news in their own way. Some people may get angry, not at you necessarily, but the situation. They may even get angry at themselves. Others may show their sadness with tears and cry often. Don't shame or stop a person from crying and letting their emotions out. Some people may go internal and be really quiet. They may not cry at all at the moment, or they may keep their tears in until a later time. That is also understandable, isn't it? Give them space and time to process the unexpected news and remind them that you're there for them when they're ready to talk. Then there are those who may want to talk right away and often, and they may need to verbally process the shock. Grief at times may seem so personal, and it is, but also be ready to come together and share it and help each other carry the burden as a family and as friends. Lastly, children grieve differently. You see, you and I as adults have acquired vocabulary and a way to express ourselves through words, but children often find themselves frustrated and anxious because they don't have the words, they don't have the vocabulary to express themselves. So children at times may act out or they may misbehave. Give them time to be angry. Give them time to be anxious and help them to process their emotion and let them know, normalize that grief is okay. As long as they're not hurting themselves and others, help them to process their grief in the best way that they have been equipped to do so. Shame, regret, and guilt may also be a part of your grief when it comes to sudden death. Often we may get lost in the what-if game. What if I could have been there to stop the event from happening? What, what if you could have accompanied your loved one in their moment of death? 
Personally, I have often thought of this because the couple days before my Marines went out into the water, they asked me to go out with them. They asked me to accompany them, but I said no. And I rarely say no to my Marines when they ask me to go out with them to train. But for some reason at that time, I said no because I wanted to stay back and get to know the ship. And so I told them that I would go out with them the next time that they went out. Since then, I have regretted my decision because I could have been in the vehicle with my men and have prepared them for their death. I could have kept them company in their darkest moment and loved on them and told them about Jesus to get them ready for eternity. I could have done this and I could have done that, but I didn't. So what do I do with my regret? What do you do with your regret? One thing that has helped me is not to get lost in the what-if game because it is a never-ending maze of what-ifs. And guess what? You will never win. You will not win that game. You will lose every single time. The fact is that you were not meant to be there. And if you were there, perhaps your presence may have put yourself or others in danger. It happened the way it did. And we must find our ways to honor our loved ones. We must honor them in the way we choose to live our lives today, and we must honor them by remembering them and telling others about them. Share who they were to you, and remember to give your regret and shame and anxiety to Jesus every single day. Entrust it all to the Lord because He's big enough to take it. Don't bear something that is not meant for you to bear. And again, it is a process, it doesn't just happen overnight. But as you're reminded of those emotions and feelings, constantly give it to the Lord. Above all, God understands all levels of loss that you encounter through life. Whether it is anticipatory death, the process of death and die that happens over a long period of time. I'm in that situation where my father has stage 4 cancer and we are observing his slow demise. And that is a different kind of grief. But God also understands loss that happens suddenly. Psalm chapter 147 verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Indeed, He does. If you're able, would you pray with me? God, all death seems scary to us at times, and unexpected and sudden death brings with it a deeper level of loss. For those listening tonight with that kind of grief, would you remind them that you are big enough and you're strong enough to bear it all for us? Would you allow them to lean on you and give them your strength and comfort them so that they can move forward in the next days, weeks, months, and years to come? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, that is it for me this evening. I hope that this episode was helpful for you in some way. God bless you, and like always, peace and blessings. Good night.